I'm Ken Abzak, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of Vice and Fire. We have some casting news. I'm going to my friends over at Watchers at the Wall who uh, posted this, broke this down. Sue, writing this great article here, and it is uh, with no surprise that we have got some of the Golden Company appearing and being cast in the show. We know they're on the way. Euron Greyjoy is going to pick up the Golden Company, all 20,000 strong of them. They're elephants, they're horses, the whole gang. And German actor Mark Rissman has been cast as the Golden Company's leader, homeless Harry Strickland. Whether or not he'll be homeless in the show, we don't know. A little background on Harry Strickland. He is very much a book character. The captain general in command of the Golden Company now going online to get his appearance for you. This is where the show uh, sometimes, I guess, understandably we want to cast those pretty people, right? Hey, I get it. I get it. But it'd be nice if this was a little more accurate. Uh, homeless Harry Strickland is, is a, looks a little like a warrior. He is portly with a big round head, mild gray eyes, and thinning gray hair that he brushes sideways to cover up a bald spot. It's a comb over. I understand, Harry. I understand. Congratulations to Mark Rissman, but he definitely doesn't look like that. Now, I've seen his work uh, in the show The Last Kingdom, which... Uh, is, uh, well, not quite Game of Thrones. It wasn't my favorite thing. If you like it, go for it. Have it. Enjoy it. Uh, I didn't dig the show as much, but um, he was in there. He's been in other stuff. Uh, nothing big, though. Nothing that would make you scream a lot of German stuff. So this is going to be a big, high-profile role for Rissman. So good on him. Not his fault that he does not have balding gray hair. Uh, Harry Strickland will be in charge of the Golden Company for two episodes, and that's interesting. We know that from the casting call Watchers of the Wall posted, and uh, that that is interesting to me because I wonder if you can start to speculate what really the Golden Company will be doing. Will they have much time to do what we think they may want to do? We've been having fun speculating about what would you do with the Golden Company if they were in your army, if you were paying all the gold? Would you have them watch King's Landing, put them on the front line against the advancing armies of the dead and, and whoever survives up north? Well, two episodes, we might just not have enough time to figure out. The Golden Company may be over, the war may be on, and they may be done. We shall see. What do you guys think about this casting? What do you think about the Game of Thrones tendency to cast these uh, these? Uh, um, uh, beautiful people in place of the portly, balding, fat men that they should be. Uh, I'm overall, I look overall, I get it, I'm okay, it's, it, it, okay with it, but uh, homeless Harry Strickland doesn't sound like a pretty man to me. And uh, what would you, what do you guys think now with this, with this two episodes? Now let's really put that into focus. What do you think that means about season eight in terms of when we might get the big battle? When we might see the Golden Company in action. Is it episode one and two, three, four, two and five? Where do you think? What does this lead you to think and speculate? I want to know. And right now, we're going to go to the phones with some of your thoughts on some other great questions we've posed here on Daily Thrones the last couple of days and maybe some new thoughts as well. Stick around. It's Daily Thrones season eight. It's far away, but so close. Hey, Ken, great to hear of our first new casting for season eight. Mark Rissman looks like a suitably intense performer, perfect for the leader of a formidable mercenary company. I'm not familiar with his work, but he should fill the role of lower tier antagonist quite nicely. 
I know he doesn't look much like Harry Strickland from the books, but honestly, that doesn't bother me. That's never bothered me. I think the show's done a fantastic job of always getting the right actor for the part, regardless of appearance. Ian Glenn and Pedro Pascal come to mind. Jodie May might be the biggest deviation as Maggie the Frog from Wizened Old Crone, the beautiful young woman, but... Hey, I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm never going to object to seeing Alice Monroe from Last of the Mohicans in anything, and she did a wonderful job with the role. Uh, sight unseen, I think I compare Harry Strickland's potential in Season 8 to that of Small John Umber in Season 6. Dean Jagger, who played Small John, only appeared in two episodes, but he managed to make a real impression as a minor uh, antagonist who was memorable. Helped that he got a great death scene. If Mark Rissman can do the same, I think he'll serve his role well. Hey, Ken, just calling to talk about the topic of casting. Uh, overall, I feel like the uh, the casting department has pretty much nailed it uh, when it comes to casting these characters. But I do agree with you that I wish they would cast some people um, to kind of fit the descriptions of some of the characters in the books. Um, one of my biggest issues is Dario Naharis. Um, it would have been really cool to see a blue-haired Tairoshi with like the, the, the three-forked beard and the golden tooth with the uh, the charismatic personality. Um, but I get why they don't. Um, it probably would have confused a lot of viewers and why there's this blue-haired guy uh, and why Danny's in love with someone like that versus the good-looking guy that they casted for both uh, Dario's. But overall, the casting department um, has done an outstanding job. And even when reading the books, it's really good to have um, the characters to look at in the show and then put a face to a name when it comes to the books. Hey, Ken. Um, so today, Roy Dotris uh, passed away. He was on Game of Thrones. He only he played Halen. Um, he was only in two episodes, but, you know, they were important episodes because he's the one that showed Tyrion all the wildfire that was in King's Landing and in the Battle of Blackwater after Tyrion, you know, gives the signal and everything goes well as far as the wildfire goes, destroys all of Stannis' fleet. You know, he gives... Tyrion, a little smile, like, he he, and, you know, that was the last time we ever saw the characters, but, you know, even though he was only on two episodes, he still was a member of the Game of Thrones family, so I'd like to send my condolences to the guy's family, and, you know, I'll remember him. The Game of Thrones family lost one of their own today with veteran actor Roy Dotris passing away at the age of 94. We know him from season two where he played the pyromancer, Wisdom Helene, who, uh, well, provided some wisdom and a leg up for Tyrion Lannister when he revealed all that wildfire. And it was a small moment, but a big moment. And you know what? That is what is one of the great things about Game of Thrones. We're talking today about the casting of Harry Strickland, the uh, captain of the Golden Company, and how they get these little small parts right. We talked about it yesterday uh, when talking about uh, you know giving credit to Sophie Turner because she's sometimes overlooked because the small characters really come in and, and, and do so well with so little. Roy Dotris was no, no different. He was originally looked at and cast as Maester Pycelle. That is uh, known, but health issues took him out of that role and Julian Glover got that role. And hey, sometimes things uh, work out maybe the way they're supposed to because Julian Glover is Pycelle in our minds now. Uh, but Deutris uh, did such a good job and Eric's call really talked about it, that great moment as we're watching the horror of the wildfire, the absolute horror of the wildfire. He, the pyromancer, is absolutely giggling with delight giggling with glee because this is something he'd been working on 
It would make sense. This is his wildfire. This is what the pyromancers built it, made it for, and wanted to see happen. So it was one of those little uh, spice moments in our Game of Thrones soup. You know what I mean? So he's passed, uh, and we want to pay our respects. It's also interesting in reading about some stuff today I did not know. He read the audio books for A Song of Ice and Fire and holds a Guinness World Record for most characters voiced in an audio book. 223 for a Game of Thrones, the first book, which that is 33 hours long. That's some work. That's some hard, hard work. And that is impressive, too. Also a testament to George R. R. Martin's skills for working 223 characters into one book. Deutrus uh, had a long career before this, won a Tony in 2000 for his performance in A Moon of, of the Misbegotten, and was uh, Leopold Mozart in Amadeus, which was uh, back in, what, 1984, also served in the British Royal Air Force in World War II, was, uh, spent time in a German prisoner of war camp, a long, long life for Roy Deutrus, but he is part of the Game of Thrones family, and we do want to pay our respects here to the Pyromancer. Hey Ken, it's Vic. I love this discussion we're having so far about the show's theme, and I totally agree with yours and everyone's sentiments about how this is an underdog story and how the righteous path may not always be the best path. Mixed in with all this, I also think one of the resonating themes is this idea that those who crave power are the least deserving to have it. If the Iron Throne is a symbol for power in the show, then pretty much everyone who has tried to attain it has perished. And I think that idea is a precursor for certain character moments and culminations of stories we'll have in Season 8. Maybe what Dan and Dave are trying to say is there is a catch-22 in this world where the more you want something for personal gain, the less likely you are to get it. Thanks so much.